today. So. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, Talk loud. Yeah, I'll have to, definitely have to project my voice. Don't have a microphone to rely on, but that's no big deal. Um, but I'm glad to be here today. I, I know it's not, I guess, what you could say the ideal circumstances, but sometimes you got to make the best out of what you got. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be today as... You know, I'm not typically long-winded usually, so, uh, but I, I do think I'll pass up the opportunity to be able to speak to you today and to everybody watching online and everyone that showed up today. I appreciate you, Stephanie, my wife, my son, and I love you guys very much. Uh, without, without further ado, I guess we can just go ahead and get into the Word today. Uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Starting in verse 12. Um, Once you get there, give me an amen. Matthew 21 12. I'll read just a few verses there. When you get it, give me an amen so I know when to start reading. Alright, looks like we're all on the same page. So, and it says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw all the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? So if you would, why don't we just pray and invite the Spirit of the Lord to speak to us today in this place. Lord, we're, we are very thankful that you got all of us here safely. We're thankful that we have this opportunity under these specific circumstances to come together in a more concentrated area and be able to, to talk about you and praise you for what you've done. Lord, we ask that you would just let your praise resonate in this place. We ask that we let your spirit move in this place among our hearts and our souls. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us and making a way for us to have church today, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, Lord, touch the heat, Lord, and touch all the other circumstances that are trying to prevent us from having church. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, uh, today I'm going to be preaching off the topic of... Something I've actually been wanting to preach for just a little while, and that is ripped off at the right time. And I'm sure Brother Jakin would have had a nice looking screen for that. But uh, just as many of us have lately, he is currently in quarantine because of the cycle. We had the screen anyway. We just didn't use it. Yeah. We didn't get to use the screen because we're actually downstairs. Not in the typical setting, but you're here and I'm glad. And I'm here, and I'm glad that I'm here, you know. So. Amen. Uh, but I do have kind of an entertaining as biblically accurate story that I have made up that I could try to break the ice with today. So if you'll allow me to, 
go with me in your imagination. <clears throat> Passover is on its way. You're excited to celebrate your Israelite heritage with your family. You see visions of tables spread and stories shared of how mighty God was to raise up Moses to lead the children of Israel in the great exodus. You wake up to the sound of goats bleeding in an already busy street outside your house on the roads of Jerusalem. Roman soldiers can be heard marching in the distance, chanting, call and response phrases about Caesar Augustus. But it's too distant of a patrol for you to hear exactly what is being forced into the sound waves. But this isn't the first time you've heard the force that is the Roman soldiers scream and yell things unimportant about things more unimportant. But today you have woke up with a mission. Suddenly the slight flutter of your heart at the sight of your wife who has already prepared you a special meal, celebrating the day you get to go to the temple. The temple full of the sons of Levi, the priesthood. The place where once a year the high priest so graciously is invited into the holies of holies. Today is the day for your sins to be forgiveness. But forgiveness is not without sacrifice. You've already selected the perfect dove, cleverly caught by your own hands. A seemingly hand-carved gift from God, white as snow and without blemish. And as you think about the white of its feathers, out of the imagery in your head, it manifests itself into view, and you see it meticulously scanning its environment in the well-protective cage, just where you hung it a few days ago for safekeeping. As you begin to make your way to the temple, you already see a line forming from a distance. For everyone is eager to have their sacrifice accepted by God in exchange for repentance for their whole family. But you notice that today particularly the streets are in fact more busy than you remember on this day from years gone by. You see almost a parade-like procession, a group of people waving palm branches, crying Hosanna. But due to the fact that you do not want to lose your place in line, you don't strain to look and see who it is that they are worshiping and crying to. But you remember the cry when this group of people entered into the city. This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. Amen. You return your focus to the sound of the oxen grunts and the goat bleats, waiting for what seems like an eternity. You notice as you look up that the temple's outside seems to have a coating of dust everywhere you look, like a haze where shine once was, but you write it off because you realize how busy the keepers must be this time of year during Passover preparations. Come on. As you progress in the line, you've made your way inside the gate and notice what seems like a market in the temple. You watch an exchange between a man who sold and a man who bought an animal for sacrifice. But once again, everyone knows of the Passover rush. There's no time to debate the temple guidelines because today is your day. With sacrifice in hand, you're greeted by a temple worker, a son of Levi, one in the priesthood. You present your sacrifice, the beautiful dove that you selected and caught, perfect and white. And with this, you feel a sense of pride. You are here at the temple. Your sins are about to be atoned for. You're here for your family. But this sense of pride is shattered when the man looks at you and tells you that the sacrifice you brought the dove you have will not do and offers you one of the doves that you noticed are sitting behind him when you walked in. The dove that you noticed many people came in without and bought in the temple. 
But before you had time to even get mad when the man denied your sacrifice, it seemed someone else who entered the temple with a multitude without you noticing was mad enough for the both of you. He looked straight at the man who denied your dove and cast him out of the temple. Then he overturned the table which once had the money neatly arranged on it. You, in the midst of chaos, hear someone whispering, hear people shouting, that's Jesus of Nazareth. You hear Him say in all the overturning, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. You watch as a man led to Him, a man who was obviously blind by the way he tried to reach and feel the prophet Jesus. Then you see Him leap as He begins to shout, I can see, I can Amen. see. Amen. Then once again, out, then once again as outside you hear the crowd crying Hosanna to the Son of David. You see, life has a way of making things mundane. And as flesh, we have a way of settling for the mundane. The man that we embodied purely for entertainment in the introduction of this message was just a way of trying to captivate you while also being as accurate as possible for what it would be like in the life of someone who was alive days just before the death of Jesus. Yeah. Hidden in this story was the mediocrity that had become of the Pharisees and the leaders of the temple. Normal everyday people were at the brunt of this mediocrity. People who just wanted sacrifices for their sins but were ripped off by those who had twisted the purpose of the temple. The chief priests and scribes had allowed a marketplace to form where repentance once took place. Yeah. But Jesus just so happened to enter the temple at the same time that we did in our story. And as we read in our text, I tried to make this story fit in line with as close as possible in Matthew chapter 21. And I'll tell you that today, while life is ripping you off and maybe even ripping you up, Jesus is here. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Modern times has changed many churches, but modern times and modern ways of repentance will not change this church. That's right. Amen. Amen. What, do you, what do you mean when you say such a strong statement like that? What I mean is what some are willing to compromise on to have people we won't. We're willing to hit the reset button on 15 years of progress and rebirth this church with the same message that almost 16 years ago was told wouldn't preach. Yeah. We're going to stay this course even if it hurts because Jesus is calling right now. I'll tell you why it hurts to start a church in an apostolic minority area. Because like the foundation of a house, all the pressure is put on the foundation. God is looking for a foundation. God is looking for a church of people willing to be put under the weight of the burden of souls in this area. Amen. It's time we clear out our lives and become a house of prayer. Amen. There comes a time when we got to let God see our real temple. The problem is we think we can hide our emotions from God. And simply we cannot. That's right. There's been times since August 2nd, the day where I lost my mother and my sister tragically... I've been oblivious to, and I, and I think that I can hide my hurt from God. I think that I can hide my complacency from Him. But what I've learned is that God sees me always. Yeah. 
That's right. And He doesn't see me or see you like you feel right now. Because there's times when I feel hurt and I feel broken, but God sees me as what He has called me to be. Yeah. Life might be ripping me off right now. There are situations in your life and my life that might just plainly stink. Yeah. There might be frustration in our lives as a whole, but Jesus is here today. Amen. Jesus is showing us that in His house, we can take off our masks of just simply yeah. alright or simply okay and show who we really are. Show that we are the blind, that we are the lame, we are the weak, we are the sick, and we are the helpless. Because that is who God wants. God wants you just the way you are. As pastor has been preaching, even the marred clay, while it's still in the hand of, a pot, of the potter, can return to the potter's wheel and be reformed and reshaped. Yeah, he needs it's simply not too late. We might be marred clay, but we are dirt with destiny. Yeah. This church has a destiny. It has a purpose. And how many know that God formed man out of dirt. That's a simple Sunday school lesson from years gone by. We are formed out of dirt. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be successful sediment. You're going to be successful sediment. 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 Just kind of a play with words there. But Jesus come in and He overthrows the money changers. He cast out them that bought and sold in the temple. And the way I kind of got a twist on viewing this was I, I imagined how it would feel to be someone who was just simply trying to come to the temple and have their sins forgiven and, and get forgiveness for what they have done wrong. But what was happening in the temple was there was corruption. There were leaders and chief priests who were supposed to be taking care of it that had neglected their office. And everyday, everyday people that just wanted to come and follow Jewish tradition could not do so properly because they were being sold. They would bring in their own sacrifice and they were told that it wasn't enough. But I also began to think about how lucky it was for the people that were there to witness that in the temple that day when Jesus come in and decided that He was going to tell them that they had changed everything and He decided that He was going to let them know what it truly should be in the temple. Amen. Yeah. How lucky is it today that we came to church, but not just any old church that just preaches any old doctrine. We came today to a church that is going to push back the darkness from this area. Amen. We came to a church that is deciding this year to reset and overturn the mundane in our lives, to cast out the corruption. We're not just advertising a house of prayer and selling a den of thieves, but Jesus is here to make this place what it is called to be. Yeah. You have been needing forgiveness. You have been needing healing. You've been needing a miracle. Well, healing is here today. Forgiveness Amen. is here today. A miracle is in this room for Amen. someone in this house yeah. today. Amen. Simply, if it was all perfect, we wouldn't need God. But because... He is perfect, and it isn't, and it won't ever be perfect. We need Him. We are currently being ripped off right now by something in our lives. Surely someone in this room popped off the pillow this morning with some financial struggle. Surely someone in this room popped off the bed with pain in your body. Surely there was a relationship in this room that needs mending. Surely there is someone in this room today 
me, and all of this included, that need forgiveness, that need mercy. We all need forgiveness. We all need mercy. But I'll tell you that this world will not produce what we need. All we're going to find is a den of thieves. This world will steal our purity. It will steal our time. But God says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Money cannot make what Jesus can bring. You can't buy something more pure than God and He's not for sale. He's free. I believe that God right now is speaking to us and saying that while we reset this year to become that foundation He is calling for, we need to make sure that we are our house of prayer and not a den of thieves. Yes. There's, time, there's times that honestly we become thieves in the house of God when we let complacency stunt our destiny. We let sin trump our purpose. And we all fall guilty to these things. Amen. Yeah. If we're not giving back to God more than we are taking, then we are surely a den of thieves. That's right. Amen. We've got to assess ourselves as the, as the face of apostolic revival to this area. Do we look like thieves or investors in the promise of God? It's time that we act like we are not perfect and show that God makes up for our imperfections because without trouble, we wouldn't need to be reformed on the potter's wheel. Yeah. We didn't have trouble. This church wouldn't need to have a reset this year. If, if everything was going right, we wouldn't need to take all the precautions and, and do all the things that we're deciding to do to get closer to God this year. But life is getting in the way. COVID is getting in the way. And time is getting in the way. We are getting ripped off. But it is at the right time. Because God right now is in the business of transformation. Of reforming this church and reforming all of us that are in it to do His purpose for this year. What we need, God will provide. The people that were coming to the temple thought that 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 was just how it was. That they would just walk in, they would buy their sacrifice there, and they would just take of the corruption that was inside the temple. But there's too many times that we accept the idea that that's just how it is. Amen. We accept that we just got to live with anxiety, and that's just how it is. We accept that we just have to live in poverty, and that's just how it is. We accept that we just have to live in cycles of oh, sin, and that's just how it is. I'll tell you today, we don't. Yes, there will be times of anxiety in your life. Yes, there will be times of poverty. And there will be times where you have cycles of falling into mistake and falling into sin. But Jesus is the key to overcoming these problems that the world brings. With Him, it doesn't have to be just like it always was. There can be something birthed, brand new, and something that's never been done to happen and change everything that we have been going through. And I said I wouldn't be long. I'm already coming into my closing and I've been about 20 minutes. Uh, But many times we are like the man that was laid before the gate of the temple in Acts chapter 3. It says in Acts chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, 
who seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. From his mother's womb, says he was carried. Meaning he never walked on his own. Everywhere he went, he was carried. And it says, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms. And he was there to ask alms because that's what was expected of a person in his condition. Now, being who I am, growing up in the town that I grew up in with the family that I had, I can tell you a little something about what is expected of someone just like me. Someone who didn't grow up with a father figure, increasing the, uh, increasing the chance of possibly falling into a drug addiction, falling into all, all these an alcohol addiction, uh, growing up in a single parent home, there's so many statistics out there that are just warring against our young people. Amen. Growing up in a, in a small town, falling into, as me and Bethany talked about on the way to church, the small town culture. And yeah. a lot of times, as sad as it is, that ends up being drugs. Amen. Yeah. And there were so many times I was just a few feet away from situations like that where I could have felt praying. But, and no one would have thought different because that's what is what is expected of someone from a small town. This man, he was lame at the gate on the steps every single day. And he was there to ask alms because that was what was expected of him. And this world has expectations set for us that we don't want to live by, but so many times we fall prey to those expectations. Peter and John came to the temple and they had what he needed. They had something more than legs for this man. Because he maybe was thinking, if only I had legs, I could go into the temple. But inside the temple was not what he needed. He was laid somewhere every day in the same situation where he needed to be because that's where Peter and John were going to come one day and feel Him. They gave Him something greater than the world could. He was ripped off at the right time because if He could walk, if He didn't have that disability, He would have been in the temple and likely He would have been living an everyday mundane life. But it was because He had a disability, He had a problem that he was in the right place at the right time. He was being ripped off by life at the, in the right place at the right time. He thought what he needed was money. But Peter and John had what he needed. And that was, that was God. That was the Holy Ghost. That was his healing. The lame man was better on the steps begging than in the temple being taught. We are, we are better trying to establish something in this city than going and just laying on the steps and doing what is expected of us. Right. God has called us to this city. And what we need to do is hold out 
until we have that Peter and John moment and show and have a disability and ask God to help us with that disability. We don't need to act like a church that has it all together. We don't, we don't need to act like we don't have problems because we do, but we need to make sure that we submit those problems to God where He can help us in the departments that we need help in. We are currently being ripped off at the right time because if this church was running 300, if this church was running 1,000, we would not have the problems we have currently. But because we do, we need to rely on God to help us fix those problems. And it will help us get closer to Him and develop a deeper relationship with Him. And if everything in our life was going perfect, we wouldn't need to have the reliance on God that we need to have. So I would say that we're being ripped off at the right time. And today is the time Jesus has come into this room with us today. And He is here to help us reset this church and reset our lives to be what He has called us to be. And when we say reset, that is to reset, but that doesn't mean to change how we've been preaching or how we've been praying. But just to continue and start over again, a fresh start. So, if you would today, I believe it would be appropriate if we stood and we prayed earnestly in repentance for God to help us. For us to realize that we have problems, we have mistakes that we deal with, but understand that if you were perfect, you wouldn't, just, you wouldn't think you needed God. If you were rich, it, it, you would have to be shown how much you needed, but today we all understand the reliance we need to have on Jesus. So let's pray and ask God to open our hearts and touch us. Let's ask Him to forgive us for all of our sins and mistakes. Lord, we are so thankful for all that You've done for this church. God, we, we are thankful for the pastor that You have brought to this city. Lord, we ask, Lord, that You would look upon our faults and our mistakes and forgive us for what we have done wrong. God, we submit to You, Lord, in this reset. God, we understand that everything isn't perfect and that because it isn't perfect, we need someone to come in that is perfect and that is You, Lord. We're not going to find it in this world. Lord, we ask that You would help us today. Lord, to understand the importance of a foundation being laid for the souls in this area. God, we love You and we thank You for all that You've done. Jesus, we ask that You touch every person in this room. We ask that You touch our personal devotions. God, that we could push reset and go deeper than we've ever gone before. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we love You, God. We praise You. Forgive us for what we have done wrong. Forgive us for the faults that we have. Lord, let us depend on You for those faults because we can't make ourselves perfect. But with You, God, we can get out of the anxiety. With You, we can get out of the sin. With You, can we get out of the mistakes. Help us, Lord, in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet a sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh.
this week with Jonathan Alviard he made this statement he said I think the pandemic has become in many ways a threshing floor it's threshing out the good wheat and I think that's what has really happened and we all have felt very threshed about what life has done for us in this church particularly we've been through a lot of junk but I think Brother Texas has had a powerful word today that Amen. we might have been, you know, put in this situation, but it's the best time ever. This is the end time. Amen. But y'all also said this that I thought was powerful. He said, you know, I wasn't born in other generations. I know they talk about the good old days and this and that. He said, but I was born in this time. He said, I got here as fast as I could. And that's, that's us. We got to where we are because God put us here. Amen. And He put us in the greatest time at all. Here's the thing we need to think about. I'll say this and we'll be done here today. But um, Apostle Paul was great. Apostle Peter was great. But for some reason, Jesus, in a lot of ways, has more confidence in us than He did them. Amen. Because He put us. He, he let us 
what do they call it? Um, like the the guy to get up for the, the to knock them all in. They got a name for it. I can't think of it. Lord Jesus help me anyway. But anyway, we're the ones running with the baton in our hand last. We're the one running with a baton in our hand last. But we're in the end time. Anchor man. There you go, brother. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. We're the anchor people of the church. We're in the end time. And though we might have been hit at this time, let me tell you what. Amen. He's got confidence in us and it's Amen. the right time. Amen. 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 That's a powerful word. Amen. Great, great, great.